You're listening to episode 16 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that through the ups and downs, we're all in this together. In this episode, I talked to Matt Hunsucker. He's a physical education teacher, athlete, volunteer, and just an all-around good person. He's someone that I find inspiring because he's so grounded, yet he's always challenging himself to grow in different ways. And he does so in such a well-rounded, fun, and positive way. But like all of us, he's faced his own personal challenges. During the course of our conversation, he opens up and we talk about what helped him get through one of the lowest emotional periods in his life. He shares some amazing programs and resources that I'll also share in the show notes, so check those out. If you don't already know him, I'm happy to introduce you to Matt Hunsucker. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Matt. I'm so excited to have you on the Becoming Aligned podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, yay. So, so Matt and myself know each other because we both used to work together, and we were both PE and health teachers at a junior high in Skokie, Illinois. And while we were working together, I had a chance to see firsthand what a quality, good-natured person you are, and you're someone who always showed up to work with a sense of integrity and kindness and just like a fun, positive passion for health and wellness, which I always appreciated. And it's been interesting because I've seen you share this passion for health and wellness with your students, but I also feel like I've seen it evolve in you personally through your involvement with running, the November Project, and even through your travels, which I think is just really cool to kind of see how you've kind of really come into you know, come into loving those activities and become really involved in those things. Um, and to add another layer, I know in the midst of all this, you've also experienced some major changes in your personal life. And I don't want to dive into all your personal business on my podcast, but if you're open to sharing, I would love to hear more about what helped you during this time because you seem to be in a really good place in your life right now, and which makes me really happy. Um, but just because let's go through different challenging situations, I would love to hear kind of what helped you move through that um, and what kind of helps help and be supportive during that time. Um, so those are some of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast, Matt, because I think you're awesome. And I'd love to maybe kind of dive into some of those things as we go through our conversation, if you're up for that. So I'd, uh, I'd just actually love to have you start off with kind of a tough question, but because it's such a big question. But would you mind getting us started off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Um, it's kind of funny you bring up we uh, met through teaching and kind of the attitude or demeanor I brought to teaching because you were my mentor when I was right. first uh, began at Lincoln. You were assigned as my uh, mentor teacher yeah. and uh, kind of took me under your wing there for Aww. the first uh, year year or two. Yeah, that was uh, So I learned learned a lot from you, uh, Joe and uh, Pat, yeah. those first couple of years there. I was a, a rookie teacher. That was only my third year teaching. I uh, had just moved to Illinois only a year earlier. Yeah. Uh, born, grew up in California, went to school in California, uh, had my first teaching job out there. And at the during my first year of teaching, I met uh, what became my wife at the time. Mm-hmm. And we both moved to Chicago. And uh, yeah, it's been <laughs> 13 years in Chicago wow. before... Um, this past summer and uh, it's been a long time most of my adulthood most of my working career uh, in the Chicago area so it's just funny it's all like the different changes Uh, you know I've always been involved in sports growing up always involved in sports uh, playing sports whether it's recreational uh, running around the streets in the neighborhood playing with neighbors yeah uh, playing high school sports so it's just always been involved and then you mentioned running yeah um, which is funny because I kind of got into that by accident (laughs) I was wondering Uh, how you got into it to be honest yeah okay 
We uh, uh, went in 2008 down and cheered on runners for the Chicago Marathon. Okay. And just out there and always doing sports and not really finding too many options or outlets for sports while I was in Chicago in the time I was there. Yeah. It's not as simple as like in high school where you just try out for a team and there's all these options there waiting for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we went and cheered on people in 2008. And as you're watching people and cheering them on, you see the first group go by and it's all the professional runners and they're flying by and they Mm -hmm. look like gazelle. (laughs) And as the crowd gets thicker, you start to see the everyday mid pack of the mid pack runners, back of the pack runners. And it was almost became like a personal challenge. I'm looking at people. I'm like, watching people run by and I'm like, that person doesn't look like they would run one mile. Yeah. And they're out here running 26.2. Yeah. yeah. And then, so it's, it was pretty amazing to kind of see that and see these people achieving something and pushing for, for something that at the time I thought was, oh, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Why would you run that long and that far? Right. And, uh, and I knew at the time you had just, I think you had just ran the Boston Marathon yeah. around that time. Yeah, 2007. Um, yep. I think that was the year that was the horrible, horrible weather. Well, you know what? It was until last year, which is one you actually did. And was, I think that I think yeah. last year beat it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, last year was pretty bad. I think you guys had a tailwind. We had a headwind the whole uh, time. Goodness gracious. Um, but yeah, but we had, we had the cold and rain as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just watching all those people run and uh, see them go by, it just... Uh, I was like, you know, I want, I want to try this. So, the, you know, I kind of kept that in the back of my mind for the next couple of months. And um, early 2009, I had missed the registration for the Chicago Marathon. Ah. So I got in um, for a charity. And oh. being a teacher, being a teacher, I was looking at the options of the charities that still had spots. And Teach for America had a spot. Oh. So I was, as a teacher, I was like, oh. I will fundraise for a program that supports teachers yeah. and be able to run the marathon. That's great. And just like with anything, and I, I, I remember you called me out on this, <laughs> is uh, I ran it, mm-hmm. and things were going great till about mile 20 to 22. <laughs> yeah. And then the wheels fell off. And, and you finish, and you're like, man, for a while I had it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and then you, you think about, oh, those last couple of miles, if I would have done a few things different, I could have did a little bit better. Yeah. And just being competitive. And I, and I think this is what has drawn me to running and racing. And I had this conversation with someone last weekend. Um, they were really uh, talking about trail running and all yeah. the different trail races and how they get out in nature. And I was like, I really like doing that, but I like doing that recreationally. Mm. I like for racing, I like the aspect of road races because they're so much more comparable. Yeah. Even though there's slight changes in, in the course, it's not as drastic as a trail run. I can see that. And so I like the idea. Yeah. So I like the idea of, and it's kind of what got the running bug in me, um, kind of jumping a little bit all over the place here. No. But in 2009, when the wheels fell off, you know, the first thought was, man, that was fun, but I could have gone a lot faster yeah. if I hadn't, hadn't walked most of those last four miles. And uh, so I signed up again the next year, and the goal was to beat my time. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the next year it was almost ninety degrees at the Chicago. Oh Marathon, man! So I didn't beat my, so I didn't beat my time. So I immediately signed up for another race, and I think um, I have a Berlin Marathon in three weeks. Wow! And that'll be I think Marathon Twenty Three since two thousand nine. <laughs> wow! So, Matt, I had no idea it was that many. Wow. 20. Yeah, okay. It's... And can we talk about your times? I mean, I'm just jumping into this now because can I, can we talk about where you started versus where you are now as well? Like what was your yeah, first marathon? Um, my first marathon time, I went in thinking four hours would be the time I, w- I would finish in. Yeah. And as I went through the training and there was a great, great group of people um, clock tower runners in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Um, it's one of the few free running groups in the area. And you'll, you'll kind of see that theme when I, you know, was especially with the November project of yeah. having free, free fitness. And <laughs> yes. you know, it's just a uh, big proponent of that. You know, it's 
that healthy, living that healthy lifestyle. And when you talk about different means and people have, having access to it, yeah, really, really big proponent of, of the free fitness movement. Um, but they were a, a group that was assigned to me from Teach for America. And of course, I started off running with uh, a nine minute pace, which was going to put me in in about four hours. Mm-hmm. And as I was going through the training cycle, I started to get a little bit more confident yeah, <laughs> and probably overshooting my goal and started thinking, you know what, I've been training at eight minute pace. It, my time to just kind of drop down to eight minute pace mm-hmm. on long runs. And I was able to compete the 20 miles uh, long run at an eight minute pace. So that became my goal as well. I'm just going to run at an eight minute pace um, for the first marathon and uh, like I said, it was going great for a while <laughs> yes. and until it, until it was not. Right. And uh, I think my finishing time for that was 3:49. That's solid for your first one. Okay. Wow. So I, 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 you know, I felt pretty good, but it, there was that you know inkling in the back of my head. Like, I was on pace for 3:30 for a while. Obviously, yeah. I slowed down a lot those last uh, four to six miles. Yeah. Um, as as the muscle cramps crept in and, and a lot of walking persisted after that. Um, but the second time I ran it, it was actually my slowest I've ever ran was my second one. And that was uh, with the heat. I, I oh, think yeah. I started cramp, cramping up around mile 15 or 16 during that Oof, race. That's right. And part of it was, part of it was the heat and the part of it was just lack of knowledge of how to train. Mm-hmm. Is you listen to all these different, uh, People that say, oh, this is what I do, or you read an article and they state this is what you should do. Um, I think the best advice I ever got about training is when it comes to your own personal training, Mm. it's an experiment with one person. Yes, that is great. Yeah, you have to really be able to read yourself. You have to really understand, like, get to know your own body and know what you respond well to. Yeah, I like that. It's an experiment with one. That's good. Yeah, and most of the articles I read, I had, and maybe it was just a few articles I read, I stumbled across to talk about where most people are just overhydrating and mm. not dehydrated. Hmm. So I was not drinking enough when oh, it was geez. a hot day. Yeah. And so I, I, I cramped with, you know, at least 10 miles to go. So I, I that one, I snuck in at four hours and five minutes, I okay. believe. Yeah. For the second marathon, so almost 15, 16 minutes slower. And, um, uh, really just kind of dove into training and and just being kind of a slightly OCD person, um, started using training plans and writing out plans. Mm. And it's actually been kind of served a a dual purpose because one, I have a plan and I can kind of stick to that and it makes it so much easier to to get it done. Yeah. Knowing that I have it, you know, on the calendar that this is, I'm going to go for a run for this far or, and kind of giving it some flexibility, not being that obsessed about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, giving myself the flexibility of, of life mm-hmm. and different things that, that may affect it. But uh, it also, with having a plan, is I've started keeping a training log, and I would track all my runs. Mm-hmm. And so it, it'd be pretty empowering at the end of a calendar year or end of a month to go, you know, I ran such and such amount of miles this past month or this year. Um, yeah. Or even the confidence when you're when you're towing the starting line of saying, yeah. you know, what, I've put in this much work to get to the starting line, um, and I think that's part of it too. Is just kind of the race. Some people just take it so seriously, mm-hmm. you get bombed and, and and you beat yourself down with the outcome. But it's uh, you know it's a celebration of all the training and yes. effort and sweat you've poured into it, and I so that's been great. So Love to that. kind of come back to your question is um, those first couple of marathons were, you know, 349, 405. And then um, once I really kind of focused on training, uh, I think my third marathon time dropped down to 324. Yeah, dang. So I, a, so I had a huge drop. And then I was like kind of starting to figure things out. And I've since then, um, my last couple – uh, or just my fastest that I ran was last summer, um, and I finished in two hours and fifty minutes. That's amazing, Matt! Yay! So I'm just so proud a- of you to hear that. That's just so, yeah, that's that's awesome. 
And and did you be, did you have a PR at Boston la- last year as well or no? It, yeah, at the time. despite the the weather, I. <laughs> it's crazy. And that's part of it too. Is, is it's about pushing myself, and and that's one of the things is there's a, a lot of aspects to running and fitness yes. that have really drawn me to to the sport, but. Um, one of those is just being able to push myself. So I actually had very high goals because I, like I said, I ran 250 last summer mm-hmm. um, at a, in uh, Duluth, uh, Minnesota at Grandma's Marathon. Oh, okay, cool. And I did, had trained for Boston that year and kind of on a whim because some friends were going to, uh, to the race and they had room at their hotel, room in their car. I signed up for the race. <laughs> oh, my God. And... Ended up having a really fast time, so I spent the next couple of months training for Boston, thinking that 2:45 might be a possibility. Wow! <laughs> wow! But it, <clears throat> the Mother Nature in, in Boston last year had had a different idea for me. Yeah, but you still so you still did well. Time. Yeah, I did really well. My my time goal was. was was the primary goal. I didn't hit that, but Got it. my other goal was to finish in the top thousand because I've been creeping closer to that the last, um, the previous three years that I'd run Boston. That's amazing. And so my goal was to get into the top thousand, which I was able to achieve. So, you know, when I look at that, I look at the times that all the elites ran and how much slower they were than they normally were. I felt yeah. pretty good about yeah. how they went. Yeah, I think I, I think it really says for those of people who were able to do well under those conditions, I find it so impressive because there's just a strength that comes with that. And a year or two of me, and so I, I learned very quickly that if I stayed home hmm. and was like sitting at home being lazy, my dad was going to put me to work. <laughs> so, so the smart option was to be somewhere else, or right. I was going to be doing some manual labor at home, and. Uh, Luckily, I had a lot of uh, neighbors my age, and the reason I said I was thinking about this is because my brother or my older brother and older sister, whenever they would hang out with their friends, they would have to go to different neighborhoods, and yeah. you, I would kind of wouldn't see them around. Um, so I would see all of my friends that were my age, and we were just we'd play whatever we could. Uh, yeah. There was baseball. If someone had a baseball bat and gloves, we were playing baseball. Uh, if someone had a basketball in their hand, we were going to play basketball. Uh, football, whatever it may be. But I, growing up, my dad uh, signed me up for Little League Baseball. Okay. And I, I played that from T-ball all the way up till I started high school. And uh, in high school, I started playing football. And then by accident, ended up doing track and field. And that's kind of evolved. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, of, <laughs> I'm not a heavy person, but it was kind of funny. With my sophomore year of high school, I was uh, a lineman. Yeah. And so that the expectation was for linemen. Um, when track was over, you did track. Um, football was over, you did track. Yep. And linemen threw the shot put and discus. So yeah. That's what I did. Right. I threw shot put and discus. So I stopped playing baseball, and uh, with slowly, well, started off with shot put and disc, and slowly would get put into other events. Um, you know, some of the running events for fun and. Uh, with shot putters, you always have the weight man relay where it's a four by 100 of, of all oh, shot putters. Fine. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, but yeah, in college, I played as many intramural sports as I could. Um, and then I, when I actually first moved to Chicago, I was playing a rec league softball. Okay. Um, but that, that only lasted one, one, one summer because I pulled my hamstring. Oh, my that. oh no. And softball. Ah, yeah. Of all the organized sports, right. it was recreational softball that took me down. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you know, I was just thinking, cause I think you got this like a strength and I was wondering if it kind of came from some of those other sports or maybe it's stuff that you add into your training. Um, that probably helps you in that long distance running and, and having the strength in a, situation like Boston this past year where the, you know, the conditions were so tough. So I was wondering if you think that being an athlete in all these other ways has helped your running. It, it's kind of funny. I find different things in different life events that have kind of come up in my past or that other, other people I know have experienced and, and use that for strength. When mm. I was running grandma's marathon, which was my, was my fastest time, that same day, uh, Emily, my girlfriend, 
was running the Anchorage Marathon in Alaska. Oh, wow. And she had just strained her calf muscle four weeks earlier at the uh, corporate challenge there in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So anytime I felt or didn't feel good that day running, Mm. um, that's what I was thinking. At this moment, she's in Alaska running a marathon on a strained calf muscle yeah yeah and has basically had no training for the last four weeks because of this injury um so i think about stuff like that um yeah and i know we work together and i don't know how much she knew about my parents but my yeah. my mom has uh, multiple sclerosis yes so I've, I've watched the the progression of that illness uh with her she was diagnosed with that when i was in high school okay. and that's i think that's had a big effect and shape on the person I am and not taking, uh, my mobility and, uh, just simple things for granted because I'd watched her go from, you know, going to work on a daily basis to, um, now in her current state where she's bedridden, Mm. she can't move and get out of bed. And, you know, you're looking at essentially, you know, paralysis from the shoulders down with limited use, limited mobility in, in her, in our arms and and that's that's about it yeah and then i my my dad my entire life he's a, a amputee oh and uh, i think i realized that. that yeah he when uh my mom was pregnant with me in 1980 um and it's coincidentally on father's day when my mom was pregnant with me my dad got into a motorcycle accident oh goodness and he's a amputee on his uh, left leg um, so he's um, missing that. So it's uh, you know just little life events like that. You know, I've had friends that have passed away and mm-hmm. things like that. It, you think about things that other people have gone through, and when you're feeling uncomfortable doing a sport and something you find joy in, yes, it helps you put helps you put put, put things in perspective. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, because it seems to be like, and you mentioned this earlier, like racing is like a celebration of all the work you've done, which I love that so much. But yeah, and you seem to have so much fun with it because, yeah, I I actually, I mean, you know, I didn't love training, but in a way I did. And I I loved racing because basically what you said, it's like I might not have been the best out there, but it was just a chance to kind of see what all that work I put in, what the outcome Mm -hmm. could be. And it, that, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. No, that's, I love how you said that, Matt. Um, yeah. So were your parents, did they encourage you to be active? Like, did you happen to see there was this New York Times article that came out this past week and it was about um, people's experience in PE and it went like, it's basically kind of summarized that if people had um, a good experience in PE class, that they would be more likely to be physically active at, in their adult years. Um and it, it got me thinking a little bit because hopefully, and I know both of us have tr- like tried to do this, um, like just encourage movement um, and to motivate kids to give them a toolbox of skills so that they'll be active in their adult years. But there's a part of me that was also thinking for myself personally. And I was like, I, I have memories of my PE class, but I have so much bigger memories of my um my life outside of school and being active in, in that way. And so I was just curious, like even for you, like was it, was PE for you something that really impacted you and that led you to the career that you had, or was it just things outside of the school and your experiences out that outside of it that encouraged you to be so motivated to move? And, and I know you kind of explained that with your parents a little bit, but I'm just, I'm curious what led you to teach PE. <laughs> it's really funny. The, uh, the benefits of sports and Mm. and game and activities um, that you go through. But yeah, I had great experiences with uh, PE. I remember um, being very proud because, you know, sometimes you you experience this as a teacher and and when when you're a teacher, you find that you sometimes are focusing on students who are creating behavior problems Mm -hmm. or negative interactions. Mm -hmm. And it's, so easy to make comments or be drawn towards that as you're trying to manage a classroom Mm -hmm. and you always feel at the end of the day is like did I give enough praise Mm. and feedback to the kids who are just doing what you expect Mm -hmm. who are just generally nice and being awesome yeah that quiet kid that quiet kid that doesn't like the personal attention or isn't 
so outgoing, but they're doing everything right and making sure you, that you get that feedback. Yeah. And I kind of felt like that's how I was in middle school. I was extremely shy as a kid oh. um, in sports, and it's one of the things that sports helped change that for me as well. Oh. Um, but I remember in middle school, uh, I believe it was my seventh grade year, the PE teacher gave me an award for being his top PE student all year, Aww. which was really funny because I was the quiet kid yeah. in class. And there was like so many more outspoken students that I felt like got a lot more interaction with the teacher during that time and so forth. And so it was kind of took me by surprise that That's they so thought of me and, and gave me that award. Yeah. And the same thing is uh, going into high school, I was very shy and quiet. And as I got involved in sports, it was an easy way to make friends mm-hmm. and socialize and, and just be involved. And that helped me open up a lot yeah. and help build self-confidence in myself. And I, and I definitely recognized that and recognized what the source of that was mm. and being part of a group, being part of a team and, and having people there to support you and encourage you. And, um, I actually, coming out of high school, I suffered an injury my junior year of high school. I tore ligaments in my neck. And one of the, obviously receiving treatment, I went to see a physical therapist. And so going into college, those were the two things I was thinking about. I had some great experiences between sports, between PE classes. Um, So being a PE teacher was something I definitely thought of and and just being someone who loves to play and have fun. Yeah. uh, And I definitely, definitely do this all the time as a teacher is I have to kind of pull myself back because when an activity is going on, I want to participate in it. It's just as much (laughs) as I want my students to be participating in it. And I got to pull myself back, especially, uh, uh, now because I'm teaching at an elementary school. So it's like, okay, these kids weigh 30 pounds. I got to back <laughs> off and not, not be involved. Uh, but with that injury, I also was looking at uh, getting into physical therapy yeah, yeah. as an option and went into my freshman year of college as undecided and was kind of uh, seeing which one I was going to get the most joy from and mm. uh, ended up at the end of my freshman year deciding to to teach PE okay I was lucky that a lot of the classes between uh are the prerequisites for those majors kind of kind of lined up so it wasn't you know it wasn't like I was doing chemistry and business right (laughs) or or none of the classes were going to benefit me I was smart enough at least to take (laughs) classes that would count towards either major wow you know that's so funny because your your uh, story is like so similar to mine, I think, because, um, yeah, very shy, very quiet, and uh, for me growing up as well, and it, yes, my involvement in sports, for me, track and cross country just really helped to kind of build up my confidence and pull me out of my shell and help me build new friendships. And then also, I was thinking about physical therapy going into college as well, so um, I mean, I think that's... It's, I think there's this like fascination with like the body and how it moves and how to take care of it. Like all those things kind of, I think, tie in together in so many ways. But that's, that's cool to hear that we have like kind of a similar path with that, Matt. I didn't realize you had the physical therapy in, your, in the back of your mind too. That's neat. Um, I was wondering when you were little, did you, was it mainly sports? Was it mainly fitness? Or were there other things that you would just, just get totally lost and absorbed in? Like things that you would lose track of time doing? Uh, I think mo- like most of the time we were outside playing sports. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that we did as a lot as a kid too is, uh, especially during the summer, our family always went on vacations and travels mm. um, to different places. So that was kind of put that bug into my brain. Yeah. Especially now as an adult, uh, you know, I did the normal things that kids do and playing video games. I was the uh, stubborn kid that. I didn't like to read as a kid, and now as an adult, there's so many books I want to read. Yeah, I know you're a big <laughs> hard, reader. Yeah, hard time, hard time finding time for doing that. So I've actually recently started listening to some audio books as, as I'm um, traveling or driving. Yeah, that's um, awesome. A lot of podcasts now, but as a kid, so it was just we're constantly moving. It was like I said, if I was at home um, sitting around, if I was going to play video games and. Uh, my parents 
were home, they they wanted me up moving around. Uh, yeah. You know, go outside, do some yard work, uh, find things to do. So we always were pretty involved in something. Yeah. So, um, uh, like I said, it's things that I didn't like doing as a kid. <laughs> Now I want to do, and it's yeah. difficult to find time for him. But as a kid, where I had all the time in the world to sit around, <laughs> uh, those are the things I didn't like to do. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Um, you mentioned books and things. I know you. I know you're. You're maybe don't have time for it so much, but you you do love to read now. And like, were there any like really influential books, movies, or like documentaries, or things that really shaped you that you feel like looking back on? like just influential in, in your life. Anything come to mind? Uh, there's, <laughs> I get funny cause I like get made fun of cause I'm always like quoting movies and different yeah. things like that. Um, I think one of my favorite movies that I've ever seen was, uh, Shawshank Redemption. It's <gasps> kind of a sad movie where yeah. you see someone in, in prison for a crime that they didn't commit. Um, but it's just, you know, you, there's so many things, <laughs> especially now with the internet and, and YouTube and all these documentaries, you have Netflix, Hulu, all these things where you have access to unlimited resources uh, for motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, I think one of the reasons that movie uh, draws to me is there's just so many great quotes from there. And I think the first one that comes to mind is, and this is kind of how I think the last couple of years I've tried to shape my lifestyle after mm. is, uh, the quote, uh, get busy living or get busy dying. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. You, know, you can, like I said, as a kid, it's easy to sit around and kind of twiddle your thumbs and so forth. But as an adult, uh, it drives me nuts sitting, being at home. I, I think for the last two years, I haven't had uh, cable. I have a TV, yeah, but it just kind of sits there. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, we'll, we'll stream something off of there. Uh, but for the most part, I stopped watching TV. It's yep, just, there's too. so many other things I want to be outside doing or, um, or just doing at home. Yeah. You know, that, that draw my attention yeah. more so that we have become more of a priority. I, I completely agree. I actually got rid of my TV. Like, I just wanted to test to see if I could, because it's nice for streaming things on rather than your computer screen. But I'm like, you know what? Uh-huh. I, I just, I'm not even. I just don't want to have that as a distraction because sometimes it can become just like a mindless kind of habit that you have where you just get into a routine of just turning it on. And like, I want to make sure mm-hmm. that I'm choosing to be doing things that are important to me rather than just kind of mindlessly going through. So yeah. And you've been, you, you spend your time doing so much fun stuff, whether it's traveling, whether it's doing races, um, like how do you, how do you make time for, do you just you just seem to make it a priority, but how do how do you figure out what you're going to do next, and what guides like the the path that you take for that? Um, you, you have to prioritize. Yeah. I, and it, it was hard. And you talked about like diving into my personal life. Yeah. Um, you know, two and two and a half years ago, I went through a d- divorce. Yep. <laughs> and one of the, when you're married and you're put, you're constantly putting someone's else's needs as the priority mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and being a teacher we had, had a lot of time during the summers to travel and do all these things but yeah. when you're when you're married to someone who's working in corporate america and they don't get those summers off yeah it limits your ability to do that and so you want to be there for that person i always felt a little guilty about training for marathons because every weekend i'm getting up and, and running a long run mm-hmm. <laughs> pardon me and it's uh, it, it's time consuming. Yeah, and it takes it really you away is. from other people, and there's a little bit of a guilt that you feel with that. And um, so you do have to kind of plan it out. And I, I wish I could be a morning person that gets up at 5 a.m. and yeah. goes running before work. Yeah, um, I've gotten a little bit better at doing that when I need to. Yeah, when I know that my schedule is going to be busy. Uh, you know, a couple mornings ago. I, I knew that I had stuff going on after school. So if I wanted to, to get a run in, I, I had to get up early and get it done. Yeah. And a part of it, it's become so routine. It's, it's, it's almost like, okay, I need to go for a run because it's like my time. Yeah. And as a teacher, you're, when I'm at school, that's seven hours of I'm constantly 
providing for someone else's needs. Yes. Uh, so it's for runs, I, I kind of go back and forth between running with groups and having that social aspect. Mm-hmm. But there's other times where I just want to get lost in my own head on my own and use that time for personal reflection, thinking about different things, mm-hmm. planning things. And it, it allows me to do that while also getting a run in. Yeah. Um, so it's nice. Like I, I use those times for uh, multiple purposes. Yeah, that's that's great because there is the benefit of being around people um, and you get that social aspect. But I, I found for myself, like when I, I, I totally agree with you, like when I'm around people or working one-on-one with people, I do really kind of need that alone time. And, and it's great to kind of get lost in your own head like that. That's, yeah, so that's a part of how you found to take care of yourself and to make time for a little self-care, it sounds like. Um, when, yeah, when yeah you're, just oh, go planning on. out things. Yeah. yeah, just kind of going back to the schedule. Just you just got to plan things out, and um, I, I like to have like like I said, I'm a little OCD, so I like to have things planned out. Mm-hmm. But it's also like the, the spontaneity and leaving some space yeah. um, for, for that and trying to fill it in. Um, you know, there's so many things as an adult, as I'm getting older, and skills I want to learn. I want to you know, be able to to learn different languages at the school I'm at mm. now. It's a very, very high population of Spanish-speaking students. Yeah. So that's something I, I, I want to work on, uh, you know, and then maintaining running and then all the traveling I've been doing lately. Yeah. It's, uh, there's, there's, you just got to find a balance and, and you got to prioritize, yeah. especially. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's awesome. And I think that's what I've always, like, appreciated about you, Matt, is that you're always trying to learn and grow and, um, challenge yourself in different ways. That's I think that's really great that you do that. Um, I want to take a minute to go back through. You mentioned the divorce earlier. Was was that hard to like to start to make yourself a priority again? Like was that um, a challenging change for you? Like what what helped you through that time period, and what kind of helped you um, reestablish yourself in a, in a different way? And at that time. Uh, yeah, it was. It's kind of funny. It's because you go through the the first part of that is when it was for me. It was it was a shock because yeah, it was it caught me off guard. Yeah, it was uh, my wife at the time. She came home one day and said she didn't want to be married anymore. Yeah, and there was no lead up conversation to that. There was no I'm unhappy with this or unhappy with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just so it was out of the blue. Yeah. Um, caught me off guard and if I had time to reflect I could okay that was you know there was different warning signs here and there mm-hmm. but there was there was a little bit you feel a little lost a little bit and then you, you have to find yourself and I used that time to kind of dive into the things I really enjoyed doing yeah and like I said when in in a relationship you're putting on so much energy in uh, for the other person uh, and, you know, relationships are a lot of work. Yeah. And, and so that allowed me that time to, you know what, I can focus on myself and, yeah. and do things for myself. So, you know, the, um, luckily the timing of, of that happening was right towards the end of the school year. Yep. And I had a, had a few months, uh, of, uh, free to myself coming up. And so I used that opportunity to, to take a big road trip uh, to visit family and spend more time with family. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I living in Chicago and all my family's in California. Uh, me and my dog packed up my car and we uh, drove out to California and we stopped at different places along the way, went hiking in Zion, went hiking in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And just uh, doing that. And I think that kind of helped me find like what I wanted to do was being outside exploring yeah. uh, just being able to drive and so you know I'm going to pull off here and go hike for a little while and that has kind of ignited it uh, kind of the past two years I was just looking back I've gone to a lot of different places yeah. and traveled a lot more um, in the past two years and luckily um, my girlfriend Emily uh, she's kind of on the same boat where she just really enjoys traveling like That's I'm at awesome. the point even as a as a teacher or the world perceived as having so much time free right 
I'm like pulling, pulling the reins back on her a little bit. Like, <laughs> hold on. I, I know it seems like I have a lot of free time. Right. But I don't have that much free time. Yeah. Plus, I'm working with a teacher salary here. Right. There's always that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I actually went through and like looked at your, uh, I'm like, let me just re- refresh my memory on some of the things that Matt's been up to and went through like your Facebook. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he has traveled so many places within these these past couple of years, which, yeah, I was like, I wonder if that was just like kind of a passion in the area of interest or if it was something that just really kind of helped you kind of find yourself again after going through like, you know, this, you know, the divorce and, and not having seen it coming at first. And yeah, so I, I love that. It sounds like being in nature just, and I, I feel this way. It's just really kind of helps you reconnect to yourself. And it, there's something so calming and peaceful about being out there, you know, in the fresh air. So yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. And it was like, like I was mentioning earlier, there's so many things that you want to learn or try to do. And, uh, there's so much out there and just want to get out there and explore and yeah. see things. Um, so it's just experiencing it. And I think part of that too, is just when I do have time and, and I can fit it in, or sometimes I kind of force it into my schedule, just being able to do things and be involved um, you mentioned November Project. Yes, yes. Uh, that, I think that group has had a huge impact on me the last uh, two years. Like I said, going through the divorce and kind of feeling lost and not knowing who I was and then stumbling upon this group of just outgoing people. Yeah. And it, I think it's, it's changed a lot of aspects of, of how I do things. Now, can you tell um, people who we might not know what November Project is, can you, can you give <clears throat> us like a basic um, overview of that? So it's it's a free fitness movement that was started, I believe, in 2011 by okay. two guys in Boston. Um, they were out drinking, I think, on Halloween yeah. um, one year that year, and were post uh, college students, or, and they were student athletes, and they just were like, you know, we I, I want to get back in shape. Let's make a pact that we're going to meet every day for the next month, which was November. Yeah. You know, starting tomorrow morning, even though they were out drinking that Halloween <laughs> night, um, we're going to start meeting tomorrow morning. And it was about that accountability of knowing that the other person's going to be there, and so that you better show up for that person. Yeah. And it, it kind of it's grown from just those two to now it's officially in 49 cities all over the world, not just in the U.S. Um, This movement of just getting outside, exploring your city, and uh, being involved in free fitness. And uh, it was kind of funny that it went from such a simple idea of these two guys working out um, that now it's this huge, just positive community. And it's it's changed the way I teach uh, Mm. my approach to students and so forth and the way I design my lessons um, because – when you show up to these workouts and it was kind of what I needed at that moment. Well, obviously I'm probably at the the lowest emotional point in my life going post-divorce. Yeah. Um, being in this uh, atmosphere of humans that are just so positive that just want, they want to see every single person in there succeed. Mm. And it's n- not, not about winning. It's about uplifting one another and doing great things. And um, the way the workouts are designed um, they meet early in the morning because they figure, you know, at 5.30, 6.15, 6 6.30, the, you know, different cities meet at different times. Yeah. Uh, you don't have any plans. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no, no excuse not to, not to show up. And right. you've got friends that are waiting on you and you show up and it's everyone's high-fiving, hugging, congratulating you. Um, you know, whether you're the fastest person there or the slowest person there, mm, you're just constantly awesome. receiving positive feedback. Yeah. And as a teacher, and I, first time I went there, and I'm witnessing, and go, this is what I want my PE class yes. to be like. This yes. is what I want my classroom to be like. I want everyone giving each other positive comments. Yeah, absolutely. And uplifting each other. Mm-hmm. And um, just, I think one of my favorite workouts we ever did, um, which was one of the first ones I did, we were on the tennis courts, and there was there's five tennis courts, so when you're looking at both sides of the net, you have 10 spaces. Okay. <laughs> and everyone wrote their cell phone number down on a uh, piece of paper and threw it in a hat. 
Okay. And so you, you drew your name out of the hat or drew the, a phone number out of the hat. Got it. And you, which was funny because especially with millennials, we had to explain <laughs> what a, what a rotary phone was, <laughs> but it, but it was a, a rotary phone workout using uh, people's cell phone oh, numbers. Oh, so, how cute. Ah. So the, so the 10 spaces on the, on the tennis courts were labeled one, two, three, four, five, and then going down the backside, six, seven, eight, nine, zero. Oh, that's cool. So if, if someone had a nine in their phone number, you had to run all the way down around all the nets back around. And when you got to court nine, there was a specific exercise you did. Got it. Okay. And then just like a rotary rotary phone, you don't get to go from nine to that end that's really close <laughs> to you. You got to run all the way back, all the way back around. But the great thing is you're passing people at each number that are doing an exercise, and it gives you that opportunity to say, hey, great job, good work. Yeah. Um, all those different things that you're seeing, you're running – constantly back and forth by people and you're high-fiving and so forth. Yeah. Um, but one of the great things, it was at the end of the workout, you had some person's phone number. There was no name on there. It was just the phone number. Huh. And they encouraged you. You said, you know what? You, know, you have this person's phone number now. We want you to hold on to this throughout the day and send that person positive messages for the rest of the day. That is so awesome. I love that. So, <laughs> So it, it was great. And, they, you know, they've done different things like that. I think the, the group in Boston, um, they were, you know, because they're up so early, and there's some people that are not morning people. So mm-hmm. when they're working out in someone's neighborhood, there were, there were a few complaints. Oh, um, yeah. okay. And this is in, in Boston, which was another great thing. And I think most of the exercises are geared at people working together and yeah. group or partner exercises. Um, so the, a partner exercise where they had everybody bring snow shovels to this workout because they knew there was going to be a big um, snow uh, fall that, that night, that previous night. Yeah. So they actually worked in pairs where one person jogged around the neighborhood while the other person was shoveling a driveway. Aww. And then you just, you just, after each lap, you just switch who was shoveling and who was running. And uh, this, you know, November Project in Boston was able to shovel out the entire neighborhood of communities driveways for them. So That's by the so time cool. they actually woke up, instead of being mad at this group, they're like, <laughs> this is awesome. They shoveled my sidewalk right. and my driveway for me. Um, you know, there's uh, different stories where, you know, one of the kids in the neighborhood really liked dinosaurs. So at one of the workouts, they all showed up in costumes of their favorite dinosaur. Aww. Just to kind of, so that when the kids got up that morning and looked out the window, they <laughs> saw all these dinosaurs running around. Um, and I think that's what's drawn me to it. It's just, yeah. it's just so much positivity. Um, um, people just looking out for each other. And the other part of it is there's so many people that uh, are willing to do anything for you. Um, mm. There's so many people that travel and, and do things, and it's inspiring. That's awesome, Matt. Because is this where you met your girlfriend, Emily? Is this where you guys met? Yeah, we met um, through, through November uh, Project Chicago. Okay. Which is funny because we're going to all these workouts together in Chicago, but it was an event called No Coasts in Milwaukee where it was um, all the different tribes or November Project, each city calls themselves a, a tribe. Okay. Um, from the Midwest. So there was from Indianapolis, Kansas City, uh, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Madison, Chicago. Okay. So, you know, the middle of the country. So it was, you know, called No Coast. We all showed up and did an event together. Cool. And it was there that we really started to talk to each other. And at the time, I was just under a year from my divorce. Yeah. And I had no no intention of dating. I was like, yeah. I've been spending this past year focusing on myself and, and um, got to know her that weekend. And I was like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm in trouble. I was like, I, so, but yeah, yeah, we, we met through that and it was a very similar interest and it's been a positive experience. And we actually just moved, um, it'd be five weeks ago this weekend. We moved out to Denver together and that, that sense of adventure and, uh, seeking the outdoors and, uh, we said, well, let's go to Colorado. It's the, you know, the land of the outdoors and, um, experience, be able to experience it at our, at our doorstep every weekend. That's amazing. I was wondering, I was wondering what, you know, what kind of inspired you to 
to, to move to Colorado. Cause that one caught me off guard. I didn't know, I didn't see that coming. And, uh, and I, cause I hadn't had a chance to talk to you in person for a while. So I was like, ah, oh, and it totally makes sense to me, especially seeing the choices of where you were traveling and, and the two of you guys enjoying similar travels, it looks like. So it was just, was it a chance yeah. to be outdoors, a chance to be kind of more in nature? Is that what really drew you, drew you to move to Colorado? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really funny because we were talking about November Project just just now as well. Yeah, is bo- both Emily and I have had such great experiences with them that we talked about like if we ever moved, we'd move to a city that had a November Project just wow. because it's just such an easy way to meet positive people yeah. and people who are not thinking about themselves; they're thinking about the greater um, good. Uh. And uh, so, one of our goals this summer are at the beginning of this year was to get more involved into uh, donating our time, uh, volunteering at, at, at things. Mm. So I actually spent a week this summer in Seattle uh, volunteering Special at the Special Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. And a member of the November Project in Seattle uh, let me stay at their place for free the entire week. Wow. And, uh, you know, we spent this past weekend, you know, one of the reasons we moved to Colorado we spent this past weekend. We volunteered at the uh, one of the aid stations for the Leadville 100 Trail Run, cool which was a, an incredible experience. Um, we were at Hope Pass at 12,600 feet elevation. Yeah, ha- hanging out at, with uh, that's the the aid station where they have all the llamas um, that bring up all the supplies. Wow, and, and you know just again. Uh, trying to find motivation and everything and, and being inspired by all the different things that are going on out there and, and watching between the elites who are out there and people that you see as just everyday people doing amazing things yeah. uh, out, out there running a hundred miles, you know, and where you're, I think the elevation gain throughout that is 14,000 miles. And, gracious. and, and we were at mile marker 43 on the way out. And then when they came back, it was 57 for him. And wow. that's right at the point where they're at the the highest point. So both times we're at the peak of the highest point. So both times they're coming towards us. They had just been climbing uphill for a long time. Oh, my goodness. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's one of the reasons we moved out here was that sense of adventure and just being on, on the weekend trying to get to those things. And, and like I said, we... Um, some of our goals this year was, um, to volunteer our time as much as possible. That's awesome. That, so this might be like a dorky kind of logistical question, but do you sit down and talk about like, Hey, so what, what are our goals? Like, what do we want to make time for this year? And like, and just like put it on the calendar, start researching things. Like, I know it probably sounds dorky, but how does, what does that look like? Um, (laughs) Yeah, it and it goes forth because right now I'm I'm more into into running marathons and Emily's bigger into triathlons. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so so we we balance between those two. Yeah. And she's slow slowly trying to bring me over to the dark side of triathlon. <laughs> I was wondering if that would happen. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, kept our eye out this year and. Uh, one of the bike shops in Chicago, which I thought it was ridiculous of them, but I, I'm grateful they did. They were moving their bike shop a block down the road, and rather than moving their merchandise, which is bicycles, you can roll them down the street. Right. They uh, they were selling their merchandise at forty percent off what? because they were it was a moving sale. Oh, I wish I would have known they're about like, that. Yeah. So, <laughs> they're like, yeah, that way we don't have to move our merchandise. We're just going to sell it at forty percent off, and we'll just bring in new merchandise. Oh my goodness. Um. So. Found a nice bike at 40% off and slowly kind of getting on the bike. But because I've had the Berlin Marathon on the radar, that's been my focus this, this year. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we, we talk about our goals and uh, things we want to get done. And uh, I think we're both very driven people. Yeah, sounds like And it. so so we, you know, we're constantly working towards those goals and, and talking about them and uh, just motivating each other. That's so, awesome. you know, when I see her do something, giving her all the positive praise, um, as, as she's attempting or completing something and, and vice versa. Yeah. That's yeah. And I love, I love how you've been, you know, challenging yourself in those ways. And then even 
like the volunteer piece. That's just, uh, that's just so cool to hear that like the in Special Olympics volunteering at the Leadville race. Do you guys have something else on your radar coming up in the, beside, like for volunteer? Is that kind of Berlin, Berlin Marathon is going to be the next major thing? Um, Emily's actually has the triathlon tomorrow morning in Boulder. Oh, does she really? Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. And then she has another one lined up in December, and she's been pushing on me all week to sign up for an event out in San Francisco in November as well. Ooh. This is where I said, it's like, I was like, hold on, we got this big trip to <laughs> Germany. We're going out to, to uh, California for uh, the triathlon. She's going out there, the Half Ironman cool. in uh, Palm Springs area. Oh, that'll be so fun. we have all these travel and so I'm like pulling the reins back a little bit but uh, <laughs> I think that's that's part of it is we have a lot of these things planned yeah but but it's when the opportunity arises being Got able it. to um, put ourselves out there and that's what it was for Leadville it wasn't something we had planned on it was a few weeks back we saw that they were in need of volunteers and yeah we're like, how cool of experience is this to be, to, to be involved with this and, and see it going forth and uh, just being able to give back um, to runners. As someone who runs a lot of races, for both her and I, um, you, you, take things, you know, take things for granted as you're running a race, all the work that someone yeah. else has put into that race for you, yeah. all the volunteers that are standing out there at aid stations. Um, I think one of the, we talked a little bit about how terrible the weather was for Boston this year. Yeah. And, uh, Emily came out there with me and because she wasn't running the marathon, um, she volunteered at one of the aid stations. Oh, wow. So like I, like I said, is, you know, when you're running races and things aren't going great for you, uh, you know, I think I listening to one of the prior podcasts, on here you're interviewing someone and you're talking about listening to them for motivation like when you're having mm. a bad day or a bad time you think about like what that person was going through yeah yeah um and, and that the guest name is slipping my mind i wonder if um, it was lynn yeah yeah it might it might be it was someone she was suffering from an autoimmune yes moment. yeah lynn rogers and, mm-hmm. and it kind of kind of struck me a little bit because talking you know, my mom having multiple sclerosis yep. being an autoimmune illness yeah yeah um but uh, during that race, I'm running it, and Emily volunteered. So I'm thinking, you know, this race, I can kind of dictate as, as best as I can how long I'm going to be suffering in this weather. Yeah. <laughs> if I keep running, keep running, I'm going to be inside and in a warm shower much faster. <laughs> and as I'm running that, I'm thinking about Emily, who volunteered at one of the aid stations, and at least That's I'm running to keep warm. Yeah. She's standing, standing in the elements. And uh, I think she had a report at her station uh, eight or nine a.m. Yeah, and the race and doesn't start till shift, yeah. Yeah, race doesn't start till ten or ten thirty. Yeah. So they're out there setting up all the cups, setting up all the tables, everything that they need to do. Yeah. And then they're out there till four p.m. I believe Ooh. was when her shift ended. So yeah, you know she she had that up that for her, and I think the other th- other thing, and it's kind of it's been really fun being able to get into this the last couple of years is I had always volunteered for the Chicago marathon for mm-hmm. the pace team. Yes. Um, but I wasn't running with the pace team. I would hang out in the pace team tent, watch all the runners get prepared to go pace. Um, and then when they come back in, uh, you're, you're greeting them and so forth. So it was kind of like uh. you, you, you set up everything in the tent for the Pacers, make sure they had everything they needed before they left, make sure they got set up in the right spot. And then you yeah. came back and just um, waited and acted as security got it. Uh, where, all the, where they left all their belongings and then make sure that when food shows up, you set it all up for them because when they finish running, they all want to eat mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, but luckily through that um, – spots have opened up and I've been able to actually pace the Chicago marathon the previous two years. Yeah. And I'm going to pace, pace it again in October. Oh, you are. And okay. Cool. So that was a, the first time I'd ever paced a race was Chicago two years ago. And, um, just being on the other side of that, knowing that that was my first race. Um, I tried my best to stick with the pace group, 
when, when I was running that race and just to be on the other side of that and helping calm the nerves of uh, people who it was their first marathon or they had a time goal trying to qualify for uh, Boston or whatever race it may be. Um, just kind of being on the other side and being able to give back to someone. It was very cool. We had one guy when we finished or even going through the race, it's, he's, you know, talking himself down and mm -hmm. oh, I'm not going to finish. I'm hurting and just reassuring him that even though it looks like we're all feeling okay, we're all hurting. Yeah. We've been running for so, you know, such and such hours. Yeah. And, uh, it's just kind of funny with uh, how well, you know, how much you can push yourself and uh, to make yourself better. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the, at the end, he, you know, 20 mile 22, he was barely clinging on to the group, but we get to mile 26 and there's that last point too. And all of a sudden he was darting ahead of everybody and left us all behind. And, and we get to the finish line and find him there waiting for us sobbing. <laughs> So we so grateful that we like got him to his goal, and you know it's just like we just when you think you have no strength left, yeah, you know all of a sudden he's darting ahead of us, yeah. So just to kind of see that emotional roller coaster and, and see that person achieve their goal was was pretty amazing. I love it, Matt. It really seems like um, you giving back and like doing these different things really just kind of almost enhances. You you and like is it like you're giving back and receiving so much in return like you're helping them but it just seems to inspire you so much and like listening to you talk about it really inspires me you know so i it's really it's really neat to see how that you're making time for your own fitness and your own goals and you're also making time to kind of help others like achieve their goals and in that process it's helping you reach your goals even more you know that's what it seems like to me um listening to you talk about it yeah yeah and it, it's been great it's, i've been lucky enough that i've been able to surround myself with people who have set an example for me yeah it, like i said in 2016 i, I had the divorce and yeah. that was a, a horrible time um you know we've all the different things that have happened in politics and yep. you watch things that are going on in the news. It's, it's it, like I said, going back to, to teaching where you're in a classroom, yeah. and it's so easy to focus on the one student who's doing something negative yep. when you have 20, 20 to 25 kids who are just doing great things, right. mm -hmm. uh, you know, during that time. And I think that's kind of what's going on in the world right now is uh, the news and everything that, else is you see so much negativity on the forefront and you're missing all these amazing things that are occurring yeah, and yeah. all that there's so many amazing people and this is uh as i said i'm listening to, to the previous podcast on yeah. here and it's everyday people just doing amazing yes. things like i listen to your dad's podcast and yeah. man this is he's done some great things yeah. and i actually because I had just started re listening to it recently, I actually skipped a bunch of other guests and went to the part two. Aww. With <laughs> That's awesome. So it was kind of funny. It, it, it took me a second too, and I was the first time I was looking. I was like, "Oh, she's interviewing Jim Ryan, the, the miler, <laughs> the runner, right?" I know. And then I was like, "Oh, wait, she's Maureen Ryan. It's her dad." <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. And like, but they were like the same age, so that people would always ask him about that when he was younger. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Like, just interviewing you, like, I mean, this is why I'm doing it. It's just, you're one of those people. Like, you're just doing these really, really cool things. And you're putting this positivity out there um, that is inspiring. So, I, and I love that you had a chance to share about November Project because it sounds like such a cool organization. And I, I will put, like, links in, like, the show notes to the different things that Matt talked about. So if anyone is interested they could check that out because I know they're all over, you know, the world, you said, in, in many different cities. And you don't have to even live in the city to stop in and, and do a workout there. And anything that can help people, encourage people to move and have this glimpse of positivity in their life. Like, I think we can all use that. So it's been Definitely. such a it's been such a treat talking to you matt and getting to hear more about your life i know when we work together when people work together we don't always get to dive in like this so um yeah it's yeah. been really a pleasure to to chat with you and 
to hear more about your story. So thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to be on the Becoming Aligned podcast today. I really, really appreciate it. Are you feeling inspired? I know I am. I think Matt is such a good person, and I appreciate him taking time to talk to me despite feeling sick. You could probably hear him sneezing throughout our conversation, but he toughed it, he toughed it out for us. It was so interesting for me to get a better sense of what shaped him as a person, to learn more about his parents and how that helped develop his mindset in terms of mobility, fitness, and movement, and just his mindset overall. It was neat to get into his brain a bit and hear what helps him get through races and challenging situations. And it was so fun to hear him light up when he talked about the November project. You can feel what a passion that is for him and how he's carrying that passion and message into his classroom and day-to-day life. It's so cool. And, and just a wonderful reminder for all of us to take time to connect and really see each other. I was so grateful to connect with Matt today, and I'm so excited to share this episode with all of you. Those are some of my takeaways. I would love to hear what you came away with after listening to this episode. Please share in the comment section for this podcast on my website at www.ryanwellness.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.